Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. You've just landed in the Sin Bin with your hosts, Paul Rogers. You went to Princeton and we're all Eastern, weren't you, Ned? That's what it said in the yearbook, Jim. Uh-huh. And Otto Rogers. You <laughs> What a life. See ya. Yeah. All right, let's show them what we got, guys. Okay. All right, yeah. Get out there in the ice and let them know you're there. my Back to this, I want to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Seattle Sinbin. Uh, I am your host, Paul Rogers, as uh, mentioned in the intro, and my co-host, Otto Rogers, joins me now on the phone. Otto, Otto, are you there? I am here, Paul. How are you? I'm doing good. Had a little bit of a glitch there for about 15 seconds, and uh, my mic was turned off, so I apologize for that. But um, here we are, uh, another week, another podcast, and uh, it is a busy week in uh in the nhl um there are board of governor meetings going on today and uh we're going to have a lot to talk about that today and uh just to let everyone know we've got a good show plan for you um we have our beat writer for the for the tri-city americans which is my team my favorite team uh his name is sam Hinchy, and he's going to be joining us joining us uh real soon and we're going to talk about how things are going with the tri-city americans uh, and in the U.S. Division of the, of the WHL, excuse me. And then later in the show, uh, we've got an old friend coming on. Uh, he joined us a couple times last season, I believe. His name is Dana Lane, and he is uh, kind of a sports insider in Las Vegas. Uh, he, his real claim to, claim to fame is the fact that he's kind of an expert on sports betting, um, but he also is well in tune with the, the goings-on in the sports culture in Las Vegas. And we're going to talk about the expansion uh, application from Las Vegas and Quebec um, and the discussions going on und- undoubtedly with that at the NHL meetings. Uh, that sound good to you, Otto? That sounds absolutely wonderful, Paul. All right. All right. Now, before, um, you know, we've, we've obviously got a lot of uh, NHL stuff to get to later on, and we're going to talk to Sam here in a few minutes, but uh, we had a big weekend in for hockey in the Pacific Northwest. Otto, tell us how uh, Metropolitan went, Night went uh, and how that entire weekend went down uh, for uh, the Metropolitan event. Yeah, you know what? It, it was a fantastic <clears throat> event, and I wanted to personally thank uh, Paul Kim, who was our guest last week, to of you know getting involved and bringing the Stanley Cup here. You know, I, I shared some pictures. I shared some pictures of the lines at at um, at the Showware Center, and like the pictures do not did not you know does not show it doesn't just um, justice. You know, it people were in line all night long. I mean probably standing in line for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours. I think some people might not even have been able to watch the game. They were in line for so long. Wow. It was absolute insane atmosphere. You know, people really, you know, we have, this just goes to show that we have a ton of hockey fans in this area, in this market, and all different, you know, all the NHL sweaters were on display 
I probably saw at least 50 to 75 Blackhawk jerseys, at least 100 Red Wing jerseys. I even saw 15 to 20 uh, Flyers jerseys. I mean, it was insane. Everyone was bringing their mm-hmm. their favorite favorite NHL sweater. So um, it was an electric night. You know, the, the retro jerseys were awesome. I mean, they look a little different, you know, but they're old school. They're supposed to look, you know, the stripey. They're supposed to look a little different, but it was an amazing night. It was a great game, and, uh, you know, it ended kind of weird. So it was just like a fantastic night overall. Who won that game? Seattle won that game. <laughs> it was Dang very, it. it was very close. <laughs> it was very, very close. I mean, it was. It came down to an official review at the end of the game, and uh, the the everyone thought the Seabirds had won. All the coaches were gone. They even had, you know, they even had the mascot on the ice. But then uh, the referees they had they took a second look to make sure uh, there was a really close play, about eight seconds left to go in the game. And Seattle was a man down, and they pulled, and um, Tri City also pulled their goalie. So Seattle was actually, you know, it was actually a two man difference, and um, it was really close, about eight seconds to go. It looked like they might have had a shot at a goal, um, but mm-hmm. it didn't go in, so got the win. Right. Now, did the game start on time? Because I had heard that uh, Tri Cities actually had some trouble getting over there because of the weather and such. The the game actually did start on time, but my understanding is um, their play-by-play man and some of the other uh, staff and things like that were not able to make it. So I think the the Americans uh, tapped into um, the local uh, play-by-play media because I think there were some issues um, Mm -hmm. with the travel from Tri-Cities to here. Right, right. All right. Um, all right. I think I'm going. We're going to take a quick break while we're waiting for Sam to connect. He's supposed to come on in about five minutes, I think. Um, okay. But in the meantime, we're going to we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to let the, the good people at NPR Hockey Talk take over for a few minutes while we wait for Sam. Awesome. All right. So wait for us on the other side, folks. And that's how three adorable baby goats cleaned up a two-story trash heap next to I-5 in Seattle. Next, it's Hockey Talk on NPR. The time is 4 o'clock. to National Public Radio on WEPC, and it's time for Hockey Talk. I'm your host, David Anthony Suzuki Jones, and today I'm joined by my NPR colleague and rabid Blackhawks fan, Tiffany Bambera-Woodcock. Thank you for having me on the show again. It's great to be here. Let's begin by discussing the Western Conference. In your opinion, who are the best two teams in each conference and why? Well, my fandom notwithstanding, the Blackhawks are still the team to beat. They have the best core in hockey and a terrific goaltender in Corey Crawford. You also have to like the Anaheim Ducks. They've got great center depth and a ton of young defensemen. In the East, the Capitals and Rangers are the class of that conference, but don't count out Tampa Bay. Oh, yes. Can't count out the mighty Ning. At least that's what I hear the kids calling them these days. I asked my son the other day about catching the Ning when they came to town. He said he'd go with me to the game if I take him to a rock concert. I think he said the band's name was Mastodon, you know, like a woolly mammoth. So I said, well, hopefully you don't think I'm too much of a Mastodon to go to this show with you. I don't follow you. I can't wait to hear how that mother-son outing goes, though. Any band that uses Latin in their band name, like Mastodon, 
Sounds like that is intelligent thinking man's music. Like Cat Stevens. Or Pete Seeger. I know. I'm so proud of my son for inviting me to accompany him to see this group. I'm getting a message from our producer. He says he has a snippet of Mastodon for us to hear on air so our listeners can get an idea of these musical archaeologists. Oh, yes, please. Let's hear it. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. You've just landed in the Sin Bin with your hosts, Paul Rogers. You went to Princeton and we're all Eastern, weren't you, Ned? That's what it said in the yearbook, Jim. Uh-huh. And Otto Rogers. You <laughs> What a life. See ya. Yeah. All right, let's show them what we got, guys. Okay. All right, yeah. Get out there on the ice and let them know you're there. Oh, my Welcome back to another segment of the Seattle Sin Bin, and I'm your host, Paul Rogers, with my co-host, Otto Rogers, and joining us on the line now is Mr. Sam uh, Sam Hinchy. Sam, are you there? Yeah, I got you guys. Can you hear me? We can hear you. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Hey, no problem. And so it's good to finally talk to you on the phone, Sam. And you are part of our, our our dramatically increased coverage of hockey in the Pacific Northwest this season. Uh, for this year, we are uh, covering and uh, extensively covering the WHL U.S. Division. And Sam is our beat writer for the Tri-City Americans. And in fact, he published a notebook on them today. And I appreciate you doing that, Sam. Uh, but Sam, before before I get into the meat of the interview. I I like to do this with new guests. Uh, I'd like for our listeners to get to know you a little bit. Um, how long have you been into hockey? How did you get into it? And uh, Just tell us a little bit about your background. Well, uh, I've been a hockey fan and a player most of my life. I uh, <clears throat> grew up in the Tri-Cities, uh, born and raised there. And uh, it, it was a good time to be growing up there. Uh, I think I was about three years old when the Americans moved to town and had their inaugural season. And uh, my dad enjoyed it. Uh, took me to games as a kid. And uh, and a couple of years later had me in skates of my own at, at the age of five. And uh, I, I skated out my first year, but really took a liking to, to goalie. And so I played, uh, I played in the net from there on and played uh, all the way up until I was about 18 or 19, uh, Kind of the the highlight of my career being I, I got to suit up a few times as on an emergency situation for some WHL games and got to play in some and for the for the Thunderbirds cool. and for the Americans and and uh, and uh, unfortunately moved to uh, well I don't know unfortunately uh, I moved to Florida at the age of 18 and our whole family moved down there it's where my parents are from and where my dad is from and. Uh, right. There's not a lot of ice down there. It, it provided the chance to go see some NHL games at, at a cheap price, but uh, not a lot of not a lot of junior hockey or hockey in general. So uh, now that I'm back right. in the Northwest, very excited to be around around right. hockey, be able to go play it myself, and especially go see junior hockey, which is a passion of mine, something I've always been a big fan of. Right. And um, you are one of the two beat writers for Seattle Sinbin, uh, along with Kevin Dudley, who has a bit of a journalistic background. Can you tell us a bit about your journalistic background? Yeah, when I when I lived in Florida, I uh, I got a job at the local newspaper and and worked there kind of on a part time basis uh, in the sports department, uh, just working in the office and. And that kind of transformed into they started having me cover events, uh, a lot of high school stuff and some local junior college, uh, all the way up to stuff uh, at Florida State University where I went to school. And uh, and that kind of was where that started, and I kind of had an interest in that. And 
then when I moved back up to Spokane, I got a job at the Spokesman Review and uh, in the sports department there, not covering events, but working uh, kind of on in the office portion, kind of the design office or uh, right. uh, page page design and page layout. Working on layouts. And, okay. Yeah, and uh, and then moved back down to Florida when I finished school and got my job back at the paper there and just covered a lot of covered a vast. Uh, a long list of sports, and uh, from high school to little league to college football, everything in the South. And then uh, I was really fortunate to join you guys because I I can honestly say of all the things I covered, I'd never covered hockey until I I'd done this. So I'm very happy to. Yeah, well, you're doing a great, very happy to be along. You're with doing you. a great job. Yeah, you're doing a great job. And you know, I I myself um, have have done some sports writing for the Yakima Herald, and you know I. I've gotten to cover mm-hmm. the Sun Kings and uh, things like that. So, um, I, you know, it's a different experience to actually sit in a press box. Um, and as we were talking about with Jubilee last week, it's different when you're in the press box and be, and when you're in the stands, is it not? I mean, you you have a code of conduct in there. Tell us a little bit about what that's like. Yeah, that's tough, and that's something I'm starting to get used to myself. I've, I've covered a lot of stuff uh, but it's been a lot a lot of sports before but it's been a lot of uh, you know the high school level um not near where i grew up and uh, and a lot of uh, other stuff like that some college level stuff uh, but a, not a lot of uh, events where i had a uh you know a very obvious rooting interest in who won and and it, it's certainly different sitting up in that press box because it's that's kind of the the number one rule of the press box is is you act in a professional manner and you don't, you know, you don't show any form of rooting interest. Even uh, just reactions in general are kind of frowned upon. They don't, uh, you know, they kind of want to keep it a quiet and professional atmosphere. And it's it's something that's it's not easy. I'm learning that this year with uh, watching Americans games. It's not so easy, you know, when when they, you know, they're down a couple of goals and they they. They get they make that comeback and tie the game in the third period. It's tough not to get up with the fans. Right. All right, Otto, you had some questions for Sam, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Hey, Sam, nice to finally talk to you. Yeah, you too, Otto. Yeah. So, so um, so tell me, um, you know, um, tell me about this kid. I want, you know, I wanted to talk about some of the individual players on the Tri State Americans. Tell me about this kid, Michael Rasmus, that I. I see that he's he's 16 years old, but he already has 18 points. Like, what's uh, what's kind of his background? Did he come? Where did he come from? And is he like where? What's his uh, what's his career? What's his trajectory looking like with the Americans? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I talked to um, uh, Tri City Americans play-by-play announcer Craig West before the the last game I attended, and and one of the first things he told me was. Uh, the sky's the limit with this kid. He's from he's their first round pick in the Bantam draft from last year, so it's his first full eligible season to be on the team. Uh he's out of Surrey, British Columbia. He played at uh I believe he played at the Okanagan Academy uh in Penticton, British Columbia. Uh he they have a well known prep academy and he's out of there and he's they're really high on this kid. He's been really impressive. Coming into the season he was he was on the top of the list of players that I was that I was excited to see with this team, him along with their uh, import draft player, somebody I'll, we'll talk about probably later, Yuso Balamaki. Those are the two that I was most excited about seeing coming into the year. And Rasmussen is certainly impressed. He's he's already got eight goals. Uh, he had a goal, I believe, in their uh, it was either their Saturday loss in Seattle or the. Uh, they went in ever a few nights earlier. He had a he had a big goal. Um, he's certainly proven. You know, he's got the size. He's six four. He he looks, you know, just looking at him on the ice, he looks like somebody who's much older than uh, than you know sixteen and a half years old. Uh, right. But he's 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 certainly impressed, and he 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 uh, he's making general manager Bob Torrey uh, look like a very smart man with that choice in the first round last year. <laughs> Yeah, he, the kid definitely looks like he has a lot of talent. And the um, another player I want to talk about uh, is the guy leading your team in points, uh, Parker Parker Bowles. Bowles, did I say his name right? Yeah, Bowles. Yes. He, he has thirty six points on the year. What's 
what's his future like? Uh, is he does he have like an NHL kind of future, or is he someone that you know just scoring a lot of goals, but maybe not have quite the NHL future as someone else might have? Yeah, you know, he's kind of one of those. Uh, he's a he's a he's a twenty year old. He's one of their overage players, um, and he's uh, he's one of those players that's kind of he's kind of a little under the radar. He, he's their only player who. Obviously, uh, averages more than a point a game. Like you mentioned, he's got 36 points. Uh, he's their leading scorer, leading goals, and leading assists. Uh, and he just kind of brings it all. He really does it all for them. He, he's uh, he's on that number one line. He uh, he centers that number one line. He's also uh, he's also the center man on their number one power play unit. He's got uh, he, he leads the team in goals. He also leads the team in power play goals. I think he's got. Uh, seven or eight of his goals are on the power play. So nearly half his goals come on the power play. Right. So he's he's a, he's a big special teams player. Um, he's somebody who I don't know that his game at this point in time translates to the next level. He's not the biggest player. He's not the he's not a physically imposing player. I I interviewed him recently and uh, and he had an inch. He probably had an inch on me, but. Uh, he definitely <laughs> looked like one of the thinnest guys I had seen out there. He he was very, uh, very lean, very thin, and uh, so I, I'm not sure that his that his game right now necessarily translates to the next level. It's always good, you know. These guys, there's a lot of guys that come on that are undrafted, come on with right. a solid 20 year old season and translate that into a pro contract. I mean, that's absolutely right. not out of the realm of possibility. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so the, you know the, the team, they're they're kind of having a rough start to the season. They're uh, eleven, seventeen, and one. Um, what do you, what do you think is the area, uh, uh, you know, an area which is a strength for the team, and what do you think is an area where the team could improve on to uh, to do much better down the road? I'll tell you what, it's interesting. They uh, coming into the season, a lot of uh, you know experts, quote unquote, kind of pick them. Uh, to being near the bottom of the division where they're at, but but not for the reasons that they're there, I guess I would say. A lot of people thought, like, you know, last year I think they had the second or third least amount of goals scored in the entire league. Uh, and so a lot of people coming into the year thought scoring would be the problem, and it really has been quite the opposite. They're, they're scoring goals. They're not doing a very good job of preventing the other team from scoring goals. They – their defensive unit has been torn up by injuries this year. They they had, uh, I believe, at one point a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, I saw a game. They only had two defensemen suited for that game that had any WHO experience prior to this season. Wow. And so they, they, they've been dealing with injuries from the get-go, it seems like. They've, they've lost one of their key defenders, Riley Hillis, for the entire season already. Uh, he played only he played only a handful of games. Uh, they've already lost Brendan O'Reilly. He's only played a handful of games, and he's expected to be out another month or so, at least. <laughs> and uh, those are two key defenders. They obviously have Brandon Carlo. Uh, he was you know he was a high draft pick of the Boston Bruins last year, uh, world right. junior world junior player for Team USA, and and that's another thing. He he's been good. He was out for a little while, but he returned to the lineup. But they're about to lose him again in a couple of weeks when he goes and plays for USA in the World Juniors again, and they'll be without him for nine or ten games. So right. they've uh, they've really struggled on the defensive end. Scoring has been uh, a lot better than people thought. Guys like Rasmussen have provided young guys have provided a lot of uh, unexpected scoring, but right. it's really on the defensive end where they they've struggled the most. And uh, Evan Sarthal, uh the goaltender from the west side of Washington, Black Diamond. Right. And, uh, this is his first full season as the starter. He had been the backup for the last couple of years behind uh, a high draft pick in Eric Comrie uh, of the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, this is his first full season in as the as the full time starter. And he's he's certainly struggled. I, I think he'd probably be the first to admit he's he's not uh, lived up to his own expectations, some other expectations of, the, of him so far this season. He's certainly struggled. But as a whole unit, the defensively defensively is where they've struggled the most. 
Right. No, I mean, I, I can totally see that. You brought you brought up an interesting name, um, Brandon Carlo. Uh, the WHL trade deadline is coming up. It, do you think Tri-City would try to unload Carlo to pick up some future prospects and kind of just, you know, or do you think they'll hang on to Carlo and, and, and just ride it till the end of the year? You know, that's an interesting possibility. Uh, I certainly, um, I would imagine uh, being a 19-year-old, uh, being 20 years old next year, he'll, he'll be eligible to play in the American Hockey League. I imagine uh, the Boston Bruins will have him do that. So you can, you know, if all goes to plan, I, this would certainly seem like his last, his final season in the WHL. So if, you know, if you're, if you're the American staff, you might, see this as a chance to, uh, you know, you see that you're at the bottom of the division. Um, certainly things could improve. They could, the division is fairly tight, and if they go on a three, four, five-game run, they could be up in right. third or fourth in no time. But, you know, if, if, if things are, you know, get a little bit worse and uh, they start to fall a little more behind, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they considered moving him for, he would certainly draw a, a big return. He's He's a, he would be highly coveted for a team, uh, you know, I know Red Deer, obviously, the team that gets mentioned in any trade because they're right. because of their uh, because of their future this season. They obviously the only team so far guaranteed a Memorial Cup berth, but uh, I, he could it would certainly be hard to not look at. I would say if if uh, if they start to lose more ground and you know they're in they're in ninth place in the conference right now, so they're not currently in a playoff position, but they're only a few points behind Portland, and so that could change very quickly, and you never know. Last year, they made the playoffs as the eighth seed and were very quickly swept, so even if they make the playoffs or are in a position to make the playoffs, you never know. They may still consider it, and uh, you know, there's so much good young talent on this team that that if there's a possible, you know, if there's a possibility to uh, to create even more young talent, I could see that being Tough to pass up. Definitely. Well, Sam, you know what? They, I had a great time um, talking to you, so thank, thank you for answering my questions. Um, I'm going to throw it back to Paul to see if Paul has any more questions uh, for you. All right. Thanks, Otto. Uh, thanks, Otto. Um, so, Sam, I I just have one question for you. I um, I've got friends – who are Chiefs fans. And so far this year, it's just been unbearable. What do we got to do to be to do better against those Chiefs? I'll tell you what, it's been highs and lows against them. The, they've played well, and and like I said, with, especially with the Chiefs, all season it's been kind of a, uh, a microcosm of the entire season. They, I don't think they've given up less than – four or five goals any time they've played the Chiefs this season. Uh, I was there only a few weeks ago, and they, they lost at home 8-1, to one, and that was kind of the the, the oh. low point in the season, I would say, so far. And, and I was surprised at how upbeat and how, uh, you know, not down in the dirt they were after that loss. That was a bad loss. And they, and they you know, just took it on the chin, took it in stride, and kept going, and they – and the next time out, two weeks later, uh, on home ice again, they they fell behind as they seem to always do, uh, and came back and a couple of late goals in the third, and they finally got over the hump. And then, turn out the next night they they lost in Spokane to the Chiefs, but played well. And it's just it kind of seems like with the, against the Chiefs, it's just like I said, a a small bit of what the whole you know the whole season has been. They they can't seem to. They, they have a they have a tough time on the defensive end, especially with uh, Spokane Chiefs brought back Adam or not brought back he, uh, Adam Haluka, their star twenty year old with step back down. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he's he's a great player. In the both games I've seen the Americans play the Chiefs that he's played in, he's been unstoppable for the Chiefs. So I'd say right. what they need to start doing is if they can hold them under three to four goals, they got a chance. If they score, I mean they. The Chiefs are also a little shaky defensively and in net sometimes, so they can keep them under two, three goals. I think they got a chance anytime they play the Chiefs. 
Right, right. Uh, and you mentioned earlier that you you feel like one of the main reasons that uh, the, the Americans are down near the cellar is injuries on the defensive lines. Um, are they are they close to getting guys back? What's what's the situation there? Yeah, they're getting better and getting closer. They uh, I mentioned they were without Carlo for a little while. Uh, he was out for a few weeks. Um, they got him back a couple of weeks ago. Um, they've been without Hillis and O'Reilly since the beginning of the year. And uh, uh, Hillis came; he was coming off off-season surgery, uh, played a handful of games, uh, was re-injured, and had season-ending surgery. So he's not expected oh, back at all this season. Uh, O'Reilly, uh, he is expected back, but not unfortunately not for at least another month to six weeks. Um, so there, you know, it, it's it's kind of a case of it might get worse before it gets better, especially with Carlos' upcoming departure. Uh, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to piece it together for for a few weeks, so that's for sure. And that's gonna be tough because they have they're in the midst, I believe, of a a stretch of about 13 or 14 games in a row against entirely uh, U.S. division opponents and. Uh, Mm-hmm. And that's uh, it's a very important stretch. Bad time to be down. So, yeah, head coach Mike Williamson talked about that the other night, the need to get points in U.S. division games. So they just kind of right. need to pull it together and get what they can for the next few weeks. Okay. Well, Sam, I want to thank you for coming on the show, and I want to thank you for all the hard work you're doing for us. And You're doing a great job. Um, and go Amps. We'll talk to you later, okay? Thanks so much, guys. It's great to be with you. Let's go Rams. See you later. All right. Okay, that was that was uh, Sam Henshey, who is our beat writer for the Tri-City Americans, and he was giving us the rundown on kind of a discouraging season for the Tri-City Americans. Um, uh, and, you know, I'm, I am an Americans fan of it. I started being a fan, what was it, last year, wasn't it, Otto? And they, last, last, last year, year they were kind of... I think it was last year. Last year they were kind of mediocre, um, but they they made it to the playoffs, you know, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But you know, this year they're they're just not good, and it and it sounds like uh, injuries are a main reason. Um, and so we're we're waiting on uh, Mr. Dana Lane to call in any minute now, and we're going to take a quick break, um, and we'll see you guys in just a few minutes. If a premium beer is to please a lot of people, it has to be good. It has to know the way to natural ingredients. What prime quality hops to seek out? What first-rate grains to choose? It must draw upon the Pacific Northwest's pure mountain water. But above all else, it must deliver fine taste. Today, one beer does it all. Mountain Fresh Rainier, a brew of heart. folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Drop that puck! 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 Take a seat, because you've just been sent to the sin bin with your host, recently returned from his forced deportation to Canada and that country's subsequent refusal to accept him, the Seattle Sin Bin. I am your host, Paul Rogers. Uh, co-host Otto Rogers is with us as well. And now joining us on the line is Dana Lane, who is a sports insider down in Las Vegas. And uh, Dana, how are you doing? 
I am doing great. It's uh, good to talk to you guys again. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been quite a while, actually. And um, I think since we last talked to you, there's been many, many things that have happened. For Mm -hmm. example, um, the Seattle NHL investment group swung and missed and and failed to get an application for expansion in. But your guys Mm -hmm. did. You you guys got got an application in. And it's kind of slow going getting a decision from the NHL, but uh, how's it going down there for you guys? Well, I think people are still, you know, they're very upbeat and they're obviously very optimistic because as I, as I wrote yesterday, I think it's beginning to clear up a little bit and and it makes complete sense in the direction that it's going. Uh, I think all-star break. In Nashville, I think we're going to hear Gary Bettman saying that we have decided that Las Vegas will get a franchise. We think Mm -hmm. uh, Quebec, unfortunately for them, to wait a little bit longer because, guys, you know, you you can't take away Quebec when you have a Carolina Hurricane team that is not only just uh, atrocious uh, in the standings, but when you can't even Mm -hmm. fill up 60% of your building. And, oh, by the way, you know, that's about 15% less than the Coyotes and the Panthers. So you can't take those cities away because now you're staring at contraction, and that's not something that the NHL wants to do. So I think they love the fact that this allows Seattle to get some more time. This gets a team in place in Vegas where they can have the, uh, they can have the uh, draft of the players left unprotected by one team, which enables them to get better quicker. And then, um, and then you have Quebec as a possible spot for a team that's not doing so well. Right now, or um, what you're saying sounds logical, but you're, what you're saying is that um, you think there's going to be an announcement at the All Star break. Is that um, intuition and logic, or have you heard some people tell you things to that effect? No, I mean, no, not, not necessarily. But I, I do think this: you're looking at the All Star break as pretty much the year point from the time that we started selling uh, season tickets. Right after the Super Bowl, they, Bill Foley and his group started to sell season tickets. I think the All-Star right. break is really the bending point for this city. Uh, I think after that, I think people are going to start going, okay, wait a minute here. Let, let's make a choice because we, we've been invested in this, not only emotionally, but also uh, financially for a year now, it's time for the NHL right. to, uh, you know, it, it, it might be a, a situation where no announcement starts to hurt a, a city that really wants them to come. Right, right. And would you say that people are already starting to get frustrated down there? Because I'll, I'll tell you, if it, if I was in your shoes and I was getting these delays, I would be mm-hmm. going out of my mind right now. I, you know, I, I don't, think so. I think I'm brought in by myself. Um, I'm a little frustrated because, you know, it's a little different for me. I, I've been here a long time. I've been here almost 25 years, and I have seen the the drawings of the potential arenas being built and the promises made by different groups that they were going to bring uh, X amount of teams to town, and, and nothing has ever happened. So as a resident of Las Vegas for 25 years, perhaps I may be getting a little frustrated because it's I can uh-huh. finally taste that that professional team here, but you know maybe a resident that's been here five to seven years, you know, they can wait. But uh, I think the All Star break for me, from everything I can gather from the people that that live here and get on Twitter, I think that that's the point where we need at least something that says we're moving in one direction, positively or negatively. Right, and you know. Let's just uh, let's just assume good news for Vegas because I I think you guys are going to get approved I, I really do, mm-hmm. um, but if if what you're saying actually takes place and and they announce it at the All Star game, when do you envision a team actually taking the ice in Vegas? Uh, 2017 season. Uh, that's 2017. That's always been the consistent uh, target date for a team uh, to get on the ice here in Las Vegas, and and you need. And 2016 at this point is is really pushing it because you need to get your your whole uh, organization together, including figuring out who your American Hockey League affiliate is going to be, if you're going to have an ECHL affiliate. Uh, these time right. these things take time, and 
I think we're really focused on the 2017 season. And um, I see pictures that you post periodically of the arena itself. What, mm-hmm. What's the status on that? When's the estimated completion date for your arena? The opening date for the arena, in fact, I just announced it a couple uh, couple days ago, opening date will be April 6th. Um, it will be opened by the Killers, who, who are a Las Vegas-based band. Uh, Wayne Newton will also be part of that bill, so that will be interesting. But April 6th is the official opening date uh, for the arena, which absolutely looks fantastic. And, and i got to tell you, I, I've been down there just about every week taking photos from the time that they demolished the uh, MGM sales offices to you know putting the uh, put it, putting the elevator shafts in the ground and to see where it is right now, it, it's unbelievably impressive. Right. Um, so, did you hear anything interesting from the ownership meetings today? Not a lot. I mean, more of the feedback. Uh, and I don't. And look, I didn't expect to hear anything anyway. I mean, we we got that news that the uh, the deal between the Panthers and, and Broward County has gotten done, and that's you know even more. Yeah, that's I, I big think news. That's the biggest yeah. news for Vegas. I think that's the yeah. big news for Vegas because now they are guaranteed to stay at least for another uh, seven or eight years there. Uh, and, in, in fact, they could be there to 2028 if they don't opt out of the current deal. And that's huge mm-hmm. for Vegas. So now that makes it even more crystal clear that, hey, our focus really on the Carolina Hurricanes as being the weak, weak link of the league, and, and that is an easy move to Quebec, who, oh, by the way, would much rather pay – a relocation fee than an expansion. Oh yeah, fee. yeah. So, um, would you say then that uh, the scenario that might be developing is uh, they announce expansion to Vegas at the All Star break, and then somewhere down the line, uh, whatever that timeline might be, uh, the Hurricanes move north. And then, would you say that there could be once Seattle finally, finally, finally gets its act together? Another round of expansion to even out the conferences is that absolutely. I mean, a plausible that scenario even makes them more. Yeah, I mean that may even make them more crystal clear because it's so much easier to bring these teams in one at a time. You have uh, just one team choosing from the the players that are left unprotected. It gives them another couple right. years to to get their ducks in a row and finally get a, a, a shovel in the dirt. Um, it. it this is as crystal clear as it has been to me. And, and you know, Seattle right. certainly is the option. I mean, Houston and Kansas City, the only real other two options, didn't, they didn't even bother to, to put in, a, you know, an application. They didn't pony up the $10 million to put in an application. So uh, their seriousness and, and really the league seriousness about those two cities are minimal at best. Right. Um, and so I, I agree with you that the the biggest news that that happened today didn't even take place at the meetings. It was it was in Florida with that with the vote of the council. Um, so they're staying put. Um, but I did hear some other interesting news that, that I think you're going to like, um, mm-hmm. and that is that they are already floating plans for an expansion draft. Even though they haven't made a final decision, they're they are they are moving ahead with uh, developing plans. Uh, for an expansion draft, uh, I think it was Craig uh, yeah. Preston that was tweeting about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that's good news for you guys. Uh, absolutely. I mean, look, let's. I, I I could listen to Gary Bettman for 20 minutes talk about expansion and know nothing more than I did before he started. Hey, he the, the guy oh, he lies. Absolutely. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> okay, you want to go there? I, I was going to go. He talks in circles, but um, no, he, he lies. He does a great job. Okay. <laughs> All right, he yeah. Um, yeah. So the fact of the matter is, Bill Foley, the prospective owner of the Las Vegas franchise, has moved his entire corporation, his his insurance corporation, to Las Vegas. Uh, they announced a practice facility uh, area. Um, it, it's it definitely was in one area. We announced it on uh, or, or Ken Bulky on on been in Vegas. Uh, got the scoop that it was going to be in one location. It's still a little bit fuzzy as to if, if it's going to be there or maybe in another location. And, of course, they're also uh, looking to share the brand-new UFC offices uh, with them. So, look, 
billionaires don't make these moves unless they're pretty sure they're going to get something in return. He can't say oh, yeah. anything. Yeah. I understand. But the fact of the matter is his actions, not Gary's actions, but Bill's actions, have certainly said, I'm pretty confident we're getting a team. Yeah, and I would say that if if at this point, after everything Vegas has done, if if the, if the NHL uh, has the gall to say, you know what, we we're, we're just oh. not coming, sorry guys, that yeah. would just torpedo the Vegas market. I just can't imagine that happening. I'm gonna see if Otto has any questions for you. Otto, do you have any sure. questions for for Dana Lane? Yeah, no, I just um, I just uh, wanted to know if he saw the the report about. The a new uh, NBA slash NHL arena in Virginia Beach, and how that would kind of, you know, mix into the whole relocation expand, expansion uh, angle. Uh, a new a new arena in Virginia Beach. Yes. Well, story. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, as far as the NHL is concerned, I mean, I, really, the, even the NBA at that point, I, I don't think that has any any bearing on it. Um, I have to tell you, man, I think Adam Silver is watching, is is sitting back and looking at this whole thing and saying, hey, I'm going to, A, thank the NHL for doing my legwork. It doesn't work out. Man, I have not only a basketball market, but I have an angry market that wants to be part of something that has shown they could put 14,000 season tickets down uh, for a professional team and I have to tell you, man, I, I think Adam is going is, is to come right in with guns a-blazing if, if the NHL yeah. drops the ball on this. You think, you think, you think the Las Vegas fans, that they're ready to, uh, if, that, if we don't hear anything this year or, or mm-hmm. early next year by the All-Star break, you think the fans are they're going to start clamoring for the NBA? No, I don't think you'll see an out, out, outbreak of that. But I, I do think um, – there will be disappointment that will set in as, as the all-star break comes. I, I think that, I mean, we look, we've been talking about maybe a vote in September and then maybe a right. vote, in, vote in December. And then earlier they said, well, that's not going to happen. We're not going to take a vote. Um, you know, I think what we want at the very least at the all-star break is give us a date you're going to vote. That's all we want. Right. Okay. So we know this is the date, it will be yes or no. And right. so uh, we will have an idea, certainly even before the vote, just like we knew today that, you know, the, the Panthers deal would go uh, go down with, with the county. We will know before that vote whether or not that's going uh, to be a yes or a no. But just give us a date. I mean, this, this stuff of, you know, I feel like Gary says we talked about expansion, but we really didn't talk about expansion. And I don't know if we're going to expand, but we'd like to expand. That's that's what I hear when Terry talks. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. we're we're yeah. crossing our fingers certainly. I mean, we are really excited about this new arena. Um, if this does not, if the NHL doesn't happen here, uh, Disney on Ice is going to have one hell of an arena. Right. <laughs> uh, that's that's all. I have. All right. That's all I have for Dana. Okay. Okay, guys. Uh, Dana, if people want to follow you on Twitter, what, yeah. where should they go? At Dana Lane Sports, D-A-N-A-L-A-N-E Sports. And, of course, on my website, DanaLaneSports.com. All right. And in addition to DanaLaneSports.com, you are also uh, doing some writing for uh, another Sinbin website yes. uh, down in Vegas, yeah. and it's it's at Sinbin.Vegas. Tell us about uh, what's going on with your website in that regard. Well, Ken Bulky, who – uh, has a radio show here um, on the local CBS radio affiliate, really has done a, a tremendous job getting this off the ground. And um, he said, look, you know, I want to be in the forefront of Las Vegas hockey as far as the media is concerned. And and he has he's not even really a hockey guy, but he has really done an amazing job, and I've been very lucky to uh, have had a relationship with him, and, and now we kind of further that into another capacity, but um, we, he's got, we try to put up probably three to four new articles a week. Um, he puts up a little bit more than I, because I'm still trying to do my other job, but um, you know, the, the fact is that we are committed to making sure that 
we do everything we can to make people aware of how impactful an NHL team would be to Las Vegas and, and give them all the news uh, coming from the, from the league. Right. Yeah, and I of course read your article from there. Uh, I, I guess you posted it yesterday, and that's why I wanted to have you on today. But I, I was just skimming through the other writer, one of his articles, and he was talking about how uh, Bettman was kind of him hawing around the expansion issue today. And he, he wrote a sentence that I just loved, and it was, "I think I hate this guy." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know. I think Gary Bettman, and I probably shouldn't talk ill of the commissioner if I want something from him. That's not really the the uh, right. the ingredients to getting what you want. But I, I think if um, if Gary was just, I just want a little honesty. That's it. Just give me. Yeah. Hey, look. This is what we spoke about. This is this is the 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 good points. This is the bad points, and and we're tr- still trying to sift through all those things. That that just give us something like that, because when you give us yeah. nothing, that just comes across as if you're not interested or disinterested or not working on it or or, or you just yeah. you're not excited about it. I mean, we are Vegas is a very proud city, and, and we want to be wanted. I mean, a, any town that um, you know has has people that come from other places that maybe. Uh, you know, didn't make it there or wanted a better opportunity. You know, the characteristic or the byproduct of that person is somebody that wants to be in a, in a situation where they feel wanted. And I think we're kind of a city of that. You know, we want people to think of us as, um, you know, we, we wear that, maybe that, um, that moniker of Sin City because uh, we think it's cool, but, you know, we know we go home to our cul-de-sacs and have barbecues and have Little League and all that stuff just like everybody else. But um, I, I really feel as if the NHL has to have an announcement because we're really um, – I think people will just say, oh, here we go again. Uh, another another failed attempt to get a pro team. And, and you know, I, I understand that's kind of a quitter's attitude, but – and look, they held their money for for a year, and I don't blame Bill Foley. What's Foley supposed to do? And so, yeah. you know, the fact of the matter is that um, after a year, you know, we've had there's people that have put down two, three thousand dollars for 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 seats. Uh, I think right. after this, at this point, they deserve some sort of an answer. Right. Uh, one one more quick question before you go, yeah. Dana. Uh, the the ownership group down there it's led by Foley, and mm-hmm. I, I believe the Maloofs are also involved. Is is the ownership right. group still pretty much the same formula as it was last time we talked? Hasn't changed one bit. Uh, Foley will be bit. the majority owner. The Maloofs will be a minority owner. Uh, <clears throat> there are some talks about you know other investors, but they be in a very a small minority basis, and and that's the way to do it. I, I don't I don't want to be in a situation where we have you know too many cooks in the kitchen. I, I love just one guy leading the charge. If success falls at, at his feet, and failure would also fall at his feet. And you know we uh, uh, sometimes you have too many cooks in the kitchen, and it just doesn't doesn't come out well. Yeah. Well, I I want you to know, Dana. Um, I know Otto and I are both rooting for Vegas. Aren't you, Otto? Uh, of course I am. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah, that pause there is suspicious. But, no, we Otto and I talk about this all the time. We both hope that Vegas uh, gets a team. And, you know, let's face it, I, I hope that Quebec gets another team as well because I think oh, those I fans are passionate up there. Yeah. So I'm rooting for Quebec. I'm rooting for Vegas. And, God help me, I'm rooting for Seattle. <laughs> Um, and we yeah. are getting closer on our arena situation. It's just a matter of time. Um, but I, I just hope that all three cities be, in the next few years will be will be made well through this. So um, Absolutely. that's what we're hoping for. I couldn't agree more. And I think the league at that point would be set. Um, I'm not sure. I don't see any other West Coast teams that might be – or cities that might be able to make an impact. I mean, Seattle has a long history – of, of hockey in one way or the other. And certainly, you know, uh, Seattle began the NHL um, in yeah. many ways by, by winning the first cup. So, uh, Yeah, and we just celebrated that over the weekend. Uh, at the yeah, I saw game. that. I did see that. 
Yeah. But, you know, I, I would yeah. love it because here's the thing for, for Phoenix or for Arizona, and, and there was a lot of talk about <clears> us moving. I mean, we had, we had some local media people just saying they're coming. Um, the thing about that is if Vegas gets a team, that creates a natural link between Arizona and Los Angeles and Anaheim and San Jose. That, it, it is yeah. very hard for the people down in Arizona to have some sort of rivalry because there's nobody geographically around them. And if this is done right between the two cities, this could become a huge rivalry, which would only benefit both of us. Right. Um, and then one of the fun questions I always like to ask when we talk about expansion, uh, what do you think that team might be named? Well, I think for myself, Bill Foley wants to call it the Black Knights. Um, for mm-hmm. me, if Bill Foley wants to put up $500 million uh, of his own money, uh, he can call it whatever he likes. I I personally like it kind of shortened down to Knights. So I, I, and Vegas Knights. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of a little double meaning there. And uh, oh, yeah. my, my daughter would like it named the Unicorns, but I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, <laughs> but um yeah, I like the Knights a little bit because there's so much you can do and so much marketing um, with that name. Black Knights, I think, is a little bit wordy, but I'll tell you what, if Foley pulls this off and he wants Black Knights, I'm all good with that. Yeah, there you go. All right, Daniel, well, thanks for coming on. Um, we'll we'll have you back on again uh, sometime this season, I hope, and uh, we're, we're hoping for good news down there. Well, Paul and Otto, I always appreciate being on with you guys. And anytime that you need anything, I'm always available to you. All right. Thanks, Dan. Talk to you later. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. That was Dana Lane of DanaLaneSports.com. And we're going to take a real quick break, and Otto Otto and I will come back to uh, wrap this up. The Ferris State Bulldogs beat the University of Michigan Wolverines. The Ferris State University Bulldogs defeat the Michigan State University Spartans 4 to 1. And the Bulldogs win 8 to 1 over the Ohio State Bulldogs. Ferris State hockey season tickets are on sale now. Reserve your spot for all 19 home games. Includes two games each versus Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. $175 for adults, $80 for students. Contact the ticket office at 591-2888 or log on to FerrisStateBulldogs.com. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Drop that puck! Drop that puck! Drop that puck! Drop that puck! just been sent to the sin bin with your host Paul Rogers who is a college graduate you went to Princeton we're all Eastern weren't you Ned that's what it said in the yearbook Jim You know, Otto, I can actually confirm that. I I really am a college graduate. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, lots to digest there. What did you think of what Dana had to say? You know, I mean, he makes a lot of sense. You know, my wish is, is that we would have to go to uh, an, exp- an expansion model is that we have staggered expansion, so we don't we don't have two teams pulling from the same pot an expansion draft. Um, mm-hmm. And now, you know, and I, you know, I would, I would, my preference would be expansion as well, but, you know, I, I, I see relocation. I see, I see a faster, a faster startup time, you know, less, you, I'm, my concern with expansion with this market is how long of a honeymoon uh, period do we have? Uh, with this team, you know, are we going to give them the seven, eight, nine years for them for an expansion team to get in here and kind of get, get everything going, or are we going to, you know, have a couple of losing seasons and, and start to turn on them. And so my, my fear with expansion is, is the, the length of the honeymoon, um, 
that we would have with this new team. I will, I'll take, right. I'll take the team any way I can get it, but, so that's 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 my fear, but you know, I mean, right? Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I I honestly think at this point. Um, uh, I kind of agree that the, the the Hurricanes are probably going to be the team that moves, and I, I know that Arizona is working really hard uh, to stay in that state, and I I kind of think they're going to get it done, and so I, I think we may have no choice but to uh, talk about expansion in a few years. Uh, but there's there's one quote, uh, there's an article. Uh, and it's actually going to be in the art. I'm going to have snippets of the quote in the the story where our podcast is posted tonight. Um, but it's a story about the the meetings. Um, and <clears throat> there there's a quote by by Deputy Commissioner Commissioner Daly, and it, it has to do with. I know some people thought that they were delaying the expansion announcement, waiting for Seattle. Um, I, right. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. What what Daly says is we're finishing this process, and Seattle will never play a role in this process. So we're Seattle's not getting expansion through these talks right now. But he says if we get done with this process, and there's a good prospect for an expansion franchise in Seattle or, or anywhere else, the board will consider it. But it's not going to be part of this process. In other words, what he's saying is. You know, Seattle missed their missed their deadline to be involved in this application. It's just simply not going to happen. But maybe someday they'll be ready and they can apply. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Basically, basically what so, he's saying is, you know, once Seattle gets their you know act together, then we can start a new process, right? Like maybe they'll hurry up and finish this process and start the next one like in two years. Yeah. Well, I would Hopefully hope sooner than that. Though. I mean, yeah, I, I would hopefully, hopefully honestly, I would hope that if Seattle's my hope, Otto, is that uh, I hope Dane is right, and I hope that Vegas gets expansion this spring or whenever the uh, the announcement might be at the uh, what was it, the All Star break? He said. Right. My hope is that um, Seattle, Soto, and or Tequila will be shovel ready in January and February, and my hope is that. Um, Seattle, the Soto Arena, will come to some kind of agreement between Hanson and Coleman, or and or I should say that Bartizak finds his investor for Tequila. And if one of those two things happens, I hope that there's another expansion application this summer. What do you think about that? I, you know what? I hope the exact same thing. You know, I hope yeah. there is some sort of movement either either via expansion or possible relocation of a troubled franchise. Uh, once, you know, once the street vacation is taken care of, once Tequila finishes, uh, Tequila finishes its uh, EIS, I hope that yeah. we have some sort of something breaking uh, in regards to good news once those two things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really hope that both Tequila and Soto get shovel ready. I, and I I know that um, Ray's still working on it. Um, I, I know he's experienced some frustration in that regard, but he's still working on it. Um, and he you know he could have dropped out a long time ago if he's going to quit, but he hasn't quit. In, in fact, Daniels reported I think a week ago that he in, that he lengthened the options on the Tequila land that he had acquired. So uh, he's not giving up yet. Uh, he just needs to land that investor. And, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And, you know, maybe once we get the street vacation boat out of the way, uh, wouldn't it be nice if, if Coleman and Hanson just went private? I mean, just got it done. I don't know if that's going to happen, right. but, but wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But then if they were going to do that, they would have done it before all this, all well, this extra mess, right? <laughs> Well, not necessarily. Some people are of the opinion, Otto, that Coleman, well, in fact, uh, Baker reported this, and he, he was quoting uh, Coleman's business associate that's helping him on the issue. Uh, Coleman was waiting for the street vacation vote before he before he signed off on any agreement with Hanson uh, because he wanted to know. Yeah, he wanted, yeah, and Baker quoted the guy. 
and he wanted to know, Coleman wanted to know, if the council was going to approve this arena or not because he didn't want to sign off on an agreement and then find out later that it wasn't that the city council was going to be a bunch of buttheads right. about it or something. So, that makes um, you know, yeah. So, um, I logically, I agree with what you said that he should have done it, done it before, you know, he could have done the conditional agreement, but what his spokesman or maybe not one of his spokesman, his business associate had told Baker, Jeff Baker, was that he was waiting for the street vacation vote to know which way the council was going to was going to go, and I I think we're gonna I think it's going to be approved I really do uh, I think we came out of the elections okay uh, you know may hear some uh, back and forth between council members between now and then <clears throat> but I think it's going to go through so hopefully we get some good news soon on Otto it's been a while yeah I mean, <laughs> it has been a while. Yeah, we've been let's see, Chris Hansen came forward what January, February two thousand twelve. So oh almost four years. Oh <laughs> my been, gosh. We've been talking about this. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, that brings us to the end of the episode, Otto. Thanks for uh co hosting for me as well. Uh, as usual Thank and thanks for arranging guests for me and uh thanks for everything you do. And thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks for Sam Hinchy for coming on, and thanks to Dana Lane for coming on. And thanks to all of you for uh, continuing to listen to our show, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for sitting in the Sin Bin with your hosts, Paul Rogers and Otto Rogers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.